What's going on, everyone? Welcome in to Forward Progress. It is a week 11 recap, week 12 look ahead with myself, Rob Pizzola, and Clive Bixby, part of the Hammer Betting Network and presented, as always, by Pinnacle Sportsbook. For those of you who are unfamiliar, myself and Clive are going to recap the day. And then as Pinnacle starts to post odds for next week, we'll bring them up on screen. We'll talk about them. We'll give early leans on the game and the direction in which we think that they're going to go. I see Scott already in the chat recapping last week. We might as well do that as well. Market might fade pit. We don't know if that was going to be. It did. It was the case on game day, but a lot changed because of DTR. When we were breaking out down that game last week, it was still Deshaun Watson. Lean Jags at six. That closed a little bit higher. Green Bay Chargers, pros versus Joe's game turned out to be that in some capacity. Uh, total will go up, which it did. Nobody betting Carolina at 10, which they didn't. That line closed 11 at Pinnacle today. Going through it even more, Chicago will get bet at nine. They did. Clive said the Bears' lines was light at 46 and a half. It was. And Clive liked the under in Seattle and the Rams, which ended up being a bad number, but ends up getting home as a winner. So you got that for you, Clive. You you get the win, but not the CLV. Yeah. No, and uh, I mean. Oh, I think we might have lost a really quickly here. We'll bring him back in when the internet connection is sorted. I see Milf Hunter in the chat. LA Green Bay, over 43 and a half. Payne, yes. Uh, Jerry time, geriatric. This one was more painful, I think. 49ers, Bucks. If you played the over in this game, just a couple drives into the red zone. You get a fourth down stop. You get a return. That goes back into the red zone for Tampa Bay. Pretty crazy. But like the theme of the day for me, was how much of this just ended like so many of these games. I call it the knife's edge. Other people do. I didn't coin that phrase myself as well. But just coin flips. And sometimes they work in your favor. And sometimes they don't. A reminder, if you're not subbed here on Ford Progress, please do so really quickly as we're starting the show off here and want to get into it. Make sure you smash that like button down below. Helps people find the content in real time. As we start to go through some of this stuff here, it'd be nice to get people viewing in real time. As uh, as some of you can attest to, some of these lines are going to move on air as we talk about them a little bit more. But Clive, let's, let's get into it. And yeah. uh, I had a winning day today, so I'll be a little bit insufferable over the course of this. So let, why, not, why not start by praising ourselves here? Sure. Pat yourself on the back, Clive, for something today that you thought was going to happen that ultimately did end up happening. Uh, what did happen was that the bears were going to show up offensively today. Um, part of the reason why I think I like the over so much, it wasn't more of a lion's blowout situation. I, I did think that the bears were going to be able to have some success against the Lions. So I, I think that was probably my, uh, my biggest good thing. Since the game just ended right now, I don't think I could have handicapped a game better than bills jets this entire season. Pretty much right on point with the f- finally getting that low point on the Bills. And who know? Who knew it was going to be against a team that just can't score against anyone? Like the only drive the Jets scored on today was manufactured because of a fake punt. Literally. Yeah. And this is a this is not a good Bills defense. Not only is it not a good, good Bills defense, it's not a good Bills defense that had Teron Johnson, Dane Jackson, Taylor Rupp all leave the game in the secondary as well. They finally made the switch to Tim Boyle. It didn't matter. So for me, 
it's always nice when you just like you you finally get that 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 buy spot on a team, right? And I've been fading Buffalo so hard for a while now, and it, this was the one for me. I'm not sure it's corrected. Anything's corrected for them moving forwards, but that was a nice one. With that, though, Clive, we also have to acknowledge where we were morons. I'll start with yeah. you. Um, more, it's kind of a tie between the Dolphins and the Niners, both of them offensively. I thought both would be able to put up a, a good amount of points this week, and, and they didn't. Um, 49ers team total, I think, just came up short today. Uh, those, I mean, Tampa Bay's defense is not a good defense at all. And, I mean, Brock Purdy's numbers were amazing, right? I think he was 22 of 25, uh, three touchdowns. I just expected a little bit more on the point side for them. Yeah, I mean, it, what's really interesting when I look at the 49ers box score is that they completed – passes to only four receivers today it was just Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, Kittle. Yep. that's it four receivers caught balls they still won the game pretty comfortably but uh yeah I can see that I mean you weren't too you weren't so wrong on that one Miami a different story Miami's yeah. deep, Miami defense looked very out of sorts this this morning yeah, I mean, I mean, you kind of called it too with the way that the the Raiders designed their defensive game plan too. Um, when you were on Pizza Buffet earlier, it's you know they just don't want to give up the big play, and for the most part, they didn't. You know, they like to keep things in front of them, and Tua just didn't look good today. Maybe just an off game. Yep, home teams out of the bye week tend to be a little bit uh, underperform against the spread. And you look at it specifically offensively over the years, it's been a tough spot for them. So um, that that's certainly interesting. For me, I had a pretty sizable edge on the Tampa, uh, excuse me, the Tennessee Jacksonville over this week, which I did not bet heavily due to what appeared to be, as Donald Trump would say, fake news. Because there was some stuff circulating this week especially yesterday during the day about Trevor Lawrence. I talked about this on Pizza Buffet this morning, but I had gotten a message related to Trevor Lawrence and saying, hey, maybe this guy's knee is not right. Apparently he tweaked it, not looking good, whatever. But the first thing I do in those situations is kind of see, has the market reacted to this information and is like this out there? And what I noticed when I pulled up my odd screen was that, a lot of books, I say a lot, a few books were circled on the Jacksonville, Tennessee game, indicating that they were taking smaller bets at that time than usual. So I'm just there and I'm like, oh, you know, maybe there's something to this. And uh, ultimately, probably would have ended up playing both the Jags and the over in that game if I believed that uh, Trevor Lawrence was fully healthy or not nursing a bad knee injury and MCL specifically. So absolute moron. What are you going to do? Move on in life. Got more right than wrong today. We'll take that. Including yeah. our boy, Tommy DeVito showing up, getting the job done. People getting eliminated from survivor. I'm sorry if you had Washington and survivor apologies to you out there. But in uh, the one pool that I was still alive in, I needed Washington to get to get bounced. So yeah, that worked out. Our boy Devito, man, came through. 
Yeah, Sam Howell took a couple steps back today. He looked awful, made some really, really, really bad decisions, and especially at the end of the game, trying to throw the ball away and turn it into a pick six. That was pretty pretty gross. Yeah, I, it was it was just a weird game because like you, if you look at, and I, I can't believe we're leading with, I mean, I've chosen to lead with giants and commanders here, but the, the giants were sacked. Like the Vito was sacked nine times in the game. Yeah. They had a <laughs> plus six turnover margin. Like it's insane. We do occasionally see big ones like this. We saw the saints have a plus five turnover margin against the bears a few weeks back. They only won that game by a touchdown, but plus six turnover margin. You just don't see it that often in the NFL. And um, it's probably, if I had to guess, when we look ahead to next week, likely going to create some value on the commanders going forwards and probably the opposite for the Giants. Like the fact that this was a close game when they won the turnover margin by six, it's a testament to how bad they are. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go out and say DeVito's a good quarterback at, at this point because, you know, he threw for three touchdowns. I mean, like you said, he got sacked nine times. Still not uh, – his brain isn't processing things too quickly. I know the offensive line wasn't great, but the, a lot of it was on him too. Yeah. Um, okay, the one game that stood out to me today that was just back and forth and, like, literally edge of your seat type of stuff with the – ineptitude would be the chargers and the Packers. Brandon Staley has like this heated exchange with the reporter post game where they, they're asking him if he's going to give up play calling duties and he's just losing it. He's like, no, don't like, don't ask me this question again. I'm calling the games. I'm not going to give it up. That's your answer. He was upset, but my God, man, like the chargers it, like chargering is actually like we can we can use that now in in vocabulary and people know exactly what it means. Yeah, I mean it's been a few seasons now. Like this is not like this is not new. This is something that has continued to happen uh, season after season now. And uh, I, I mean I don't know what keeps Staley in his job other than he has Herbert. I mean, but. Wouldn't you rather bring in another coach at this point to, you know, try and develop? It's really bad. I, I mean, the thing is, like, with the Steelers, we have that we always try to explain how they win games, right? Like what they're doing. And and there's like a logic, a somewhat logical explanation. If you look at their turnover margin this year, the points they've generated off turnovers, the fact that they their defense holds up well in the red zone, like we can explain it. I watch these Chargers games. And Chosen says it, three drop TDs and a fumble. Like Keenan Allen is just dropping passes that are hitting him directly in the chest. That Quentin Johnston wide open, like drop touchdown. And I I don't know how it so consistently happens to one team. And you can point at the receiving core and be like, okay, the receiving core is beat down, right? Mike Williams is out. Jalen Guyton is out. It's not a, a good receiving core. But when you're number one, is dropping touchdown passes. Your rookie, who you drafted over Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison, is dropping wide open passes. Like, I, 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 I'm at a loss sometimes because it's like the Chargers should have won the game today, sure. in my opinion. They probably should have won it handily, but they continue to do this bullshit over and over 
where they just find a way to mess it up. I kind of feel bad for anybody who had one who had the Chargers, but uh, two, anybody who had the over in this game, because I, I do think this game, there were a lot of points left on the board by the Chargers. And I did expect Green Bay to, I think, be competitive. I think Jordan Love played a pretty good game again for a second week in a row. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to look back and think of a team that I can use as an analog to the Chargers that went through this for like three or four years that had a bunch of talent and just continuously underperformed it. And it, nothing's popping to my head, not for this long of a stretch. And they lose Joey Bosa early in the game as well, yeah. like just to add insult to injury and or injury to insult, whatever the hell you want to say. But I don't get it, man. And, and, you know, one for four in the red zone in terms of scoring touchdowns today. I mean, they had double the red zone trips as Green Bay. They had the equal amount of touchdowns. It's it's just so consistently bad. Who do the Chargers hire? Honestly, just an offensive-minded head coach because they've brought in a defensive-minded guy in Brandon Staley who cannot get the defensive defense running. You might as well bring in a guy like Ben Johnson. Agreed. Ben Johnson. I mean, Eric Bieniemy. Not a great look for him today with the Commanders, but he's kind of turned Sam Howell around as the year has gone on as well. But Ben Johnson's got to be the guy at, at some point that they have to go to because, I mean, how much longer? Like this, the, the, the team just has too much talent. And like a, an actual very good quarterback, like Herbert, man, this poor guy gets blamed after every single loss. Like, what do you want this guy to do? He's literally hitting receivers directly in, in the chest like in in stride like what is the guy supposed to do i don't i don't get it i don't get it no it's definitely not on him somebody had a post last week after the game and i can't remember who it was um shit uh but it, it was perfect i'm like something around you know how many points is herbert supposed to protect on the defensive side of the ball you know like that has nothing to do with him yeah there's I mean, just it, so much that is like he's he's dropping dimes. The internet quarterback is dropping dimes and just drop after drop. Bad coaching decisions, DPIs. Like, what is he supposed to do? I'm with you. I'm with you. The good news is Pinnacle has began opening up for next week, and we're going to start to get into it here shortly. As a reminder to everyone out there, one of the beautiful things about us doing a show on Sunday night where openers are coming out is that you bet this stuff at Pinnacle, they're not going to limit your account. They're not going to ban you. You're not going to go down to $1 bets going forwards. They're taking 3 k on these openers right now. And they'll move the line, and you get to bet it again. It's the beauty of betting with a sportsbook like Pinnacle. If you're in Canada, make sure you check them out. Use code HAMMER when signing up, as it does help support us here at Forward Progress. But ultimately, if you want to bet openers at other sportsbooks, feel free to do so, but it might do some damage to your account going forward. So just be very cognizant of that. And let's start, before we do, couldn't help but laugh at this one. Yeah, I know. Did you see the market respect GRP got on his Jags mind? I mean, GRP, he wasn't seeing the board clearly last week. Nope. Clearly, he mojo. needed to take his mojo was gone. He needed to take a step back. He took a step back, and maybe it's a little bit more clear for him this week. A little bit more clear for him this week. 
All right. Last thing before we get into this week, John says it 182 viewers now up to 185. It's going up 53 likes. This is unacceptable. Look at, look at Clive over here. He's coughing. He's having to mute himself because he's going to cough. Give the guy some likes so he yeah. can buy some cough drops and stuff. Some buckets. Clive's congested. Something. Let's go. <laughs> Clive's congested. GRP got his mojo back. I got my mojo back. Let's talk Thanksgiving Day football. And we're going to start it with the early game. Detroit Lions at home, Ford Field, hosting the Green Bay Packers. Early market at Pinnacle for this game. Lions minus seven and a half. Total in the game, 45 and a half. Lions minus seven and a half, total 45 and a half. Quick thoughts uh, or just quick update from today's game. Obviously, Aaron Jones left. Left on a cart. It's apparently not that serious for him yet. At least that's what the early reports are saying. However, I would say that's pretty unlikely that he's going to be here in action on Thursday in Detroit. Minus seven and a half, total 45 and a half. First thoughts for you, Clive. Uh, I mean, the Chargers should have put up more points than they did today. No, it's a Thursday night game, Thanksgiving day. I don't, I don't hate the seven and a half. Um, I know Aaron Jones is hurt, but I feel like 45 and a half might be a touch light for these two offenses. Um, so my initial thoughts are more on the total and an over than, than the side. Uh, Aaron Jones changes a lot for me and people will be like, ah, like what the hell are you talking about? Aaron Jones is just a running back. The downgrade from him to AJ Dillon is big in my opinion. And in fact, if we look at green Bay this season, I'm just pulling it really quickly here with Aaron Jones on the field. They have a 43% success rate running the ball. Without him, it goes down to 35.8%. That's a pretty drastic difference it is. altogether. Even in the passing game, maybe there's an explanation for this that I have to look into it deeper. But with Aaron Jones on the field, Jordan Love's EPA per play is 0.199. Without him, it's basically zero. So everything gets worse without him. I think what's going to happen here, and by the way, if you're in the comments live here, absolutely love to hear everyone's opinions. I see Lars already says he likes Green Bay in this spot. Nathan thinks Green Bay might be overrated. They won't play the Chargers every week. The market, I think, will grab seven, seven and a half here and take this down to seven. That's the way I see it going. If we look at the way that these teams have been priced for the whole year, Clive, I don't know at any point over the course of the year would we have gotten, like if we're just looking at pure market power ratings of these teams, would we have mm -hmm. gotten Detroit above seven and a half? But I honestly think that they are just so much better than Green Bay and that the Jones injury might be a little bit more than people realize. So I think my early thoughts are if you like the seven and a half, I would grab it. But for me personally, as a better, I'm more inclined to just wait this out 
and see if I could get a better number on Detroit later. I think that's reasonable. I don't know that I think it's going to go. I think it's to your point more likely to go to seven than it is to eight. Um, I don't know. This this is going to take some uh, some math on my end for the total, but it's hard to have an initial good good feel here. And I don't know if Jair Alexander will be back next week either, because I thought that, he was going to play this week. That's a good question as well. That that's a good question. It wasn't just Aaron Jones as well. Devondre Campbell got injured in their linebacking core. Like not a massive blow, but anyone that's a starter on defense, I think it's important to um, you know talk about. I, I I'm also stuck in this mindset of not being able to forget the last time that these teams played, which was Detroit short favorite on the road at Lambeau. It was a Thursday night football game this year. It was like as lopsided as you could imagine, basically, that game. Detroit just one-way, start-to-finish destruction. Um, seven feels like, like if I was pricing the game, I probably would have sent out a seven. That just feels like the right number to me. But I I think Green Bay is like not very good. Not very good. No. Um, I don't love Jordan Love at all. Uh, but. I will say it seems like he's finding receivers a little bit more often, spreading the ball around, some more big explosive plays. I think that can continue against Detroit. So while I'd have a very hard time picking Green Bay, it's just a matter of if you think their offense can continue on the trajectory that they're on without Aaron Jones. Yeah, it's, like, it's a tough game. To, to me, Like the offense has been better in recent weeks. They yeah. moved the ball on Pittsburgh last week. They moved the ball on the Chargers today. Nothing like... Nothing insane, but certainly way better than it was earlier in the year. And it's because they were, you know, at full health. Does losing their starting running back, like, is it that detrimental? It has been for them so far this year. Now there's other things that that come into play, like Christian Watson was out for some time. Romeo Dobbs was banged up. But I don't like A.J. Dillon. Emmanuel Wilson got hurt as well. I It's, you know... I mean, Detroit under a TD, Nathan, is an auto-buy, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, if you can get six and a half somehow, or if you got six and a half early, great, great number. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little bit – obviously, the Detroit game today was a little bit concerning. Goff just deer in the headlights at points, but it is what I haven't seen Goff throw too many balls directly to the defenders like he did today. I, I talked like, about like it he didn't on see them. He, a pizza he, pizza buffet this morning. I talked about it. No, no teams really play like a large amount of cover two in the league, but the bears play like one of the higher rates, which is in like the 20, 20 to 25% range. And God, whenever they dropped into that defense, I think the first two picks of the game, they were playing cover two and golf yeah. just threw directly into defenders. Yeah. All right. Um, when we did pull it up on screen, it was seven and a half flat. And right now Packers are plus seven and a half minus 116 at Pinnacle. So a little bit of, uh, early movement towards seven, uh, towards seven. I'm not sure we're going to get off the seven and a half, but, um, that would probably be a buy for me on Detroit. Let's move along. The Dallas Cowboys, my Dallas Cowboys, for those who are listening or watching that don't know I'm a Cowboys fan. I'll try to break this down as impartially as possible. 
They host the Washington Commanders coming off of that extremely disappointing loss to uh, the DeVito family today. Mama's boy, Tommy DeVito. Uh, early spread at Pinnacle oh. is a minus Sorry, 11. No. Wow. Yeah, you're watching Sunday Night Football here. Got big a big play. hit there. That was a, that was a banger on Dobbs. Jeez. Big time, big bomb banger on Dobbs. Um, handicap for this game currently uh, at Pinnacle, Washington minus 11. Excuse me, Dallas minus 11. Total in the game, 47, Clive. 11, 47. I can, this is kind of where I expected this to open. And you're going to get a lot of the narrative-based stuff. Uh, here we go. M money towards Washington live up on screen right now. But you're going to get a lot of the Dallas destroys bad teams. Because they have. If you look at Dallas's schedule this year, they had another one. Dallas did not play well offensively today at all. They got another defensive touchdown from Deron Bland. And they smoked another bad team. And this has been consistent for the Cowboys so far this year. But this so, is the peak number, Clive. Like, yeah. has there been a point at, at any point this year where we would have made Dallas this big of a favorite in this game? No. And I, I don't know what the look ahead was. I, I don't know if this is a little bit of an overreaction to what happened in the game today. Um, I think it would have been under 10 this week. Like, I don't know that I'd make this adjustment. I This feels heavy. Um, I mean, Sam Howell did play a terrible game today. And when you look at some of the games where Denver, Denver, uh, Dallas has scored defensively, it's been against the Giants, the Jets. Uh, who am I missing? The Panthers this week. I'm missing a team. The, anyway, the it's been against yeah. really, really terrible quarterbacks. And Hal is not a terrible quarterback. He's below average, but they, they've got... I mean, it, it is... He took some pressure today. I do think that stylistically, there's something about the Giants' defense that has given him problems this year. Because this is two games now where they... Like Kayvon Thibodeau today, I don't know where this guy's been for the majority of the year, but he came alive. In this game, yeah. Um, a few people in the chat are saying look ahead in this game was nine and a half. Nathan says nine and a half, geriatric nine and a half. So yeah, we're we're adjusted above 10. And it's like, okay, what what did Dallas do today that warranted upgrading them in market aside from making Bryce Young look like the lemon that he is? This is a this is about Washington losing to the Giants and I think they just played at like the low end of the range. Like it's going to be hard for me to get here. I won't be surprised if I wake up tomorrow morning or even when we're done this show and this is down to 10, honestly, because yeah. it, it just feels big to me. And this is coming from a Cowboys fan. It just feels like a big, big number. Although I don't it, think it, the commanders are very good. No, they're not very good. Um, I mean, defensively they have, plenty of uh ways to be exposed i just 11 still just feels like a lot i'm almost yep. like the, the total feels high but i don't it, it it does so here 47 
here, I ha here's the problem I have with this game. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Arizona and Houston from last week, where I actually want to play the over in this game, but the number comes out and it's way higher than I was hoping. And I might show value in the under in this game. That's where I'm I'm at overall. It, it's like Arizona, Houston last week. Thank God that total opened as high as it did. Opened like 49. Because all I could see was points in that game. And there was a million drives into opposing territory that resulted in nothing. I think Houston went one touchdown and four red zone trips today as well with some bad interceptions from CJ Stroud. But that's kind of the same opinion I have on this total where I was hoping for like a 45 and a half. And I bet the over. That's exactly where I would have put the number into this week was like 45 and a half. And I agree with what Vinny's saying in chat here. Um, hard to think there's a bigger buy low spot in the market. Um, I agree. Yep. I mean, I don't, I, there, there are like Dallas is way better than Washington. Like I'm not, sure. I'm not, this is not, but we have to think about this from like a numerical perspective, right? Like who gave the Raiders a chance today, seriously, of keeping the, not like not covering the spe spread, but wire to wire, keeping the game close against Miami. Nobody gave them a chance of doing that. Nobody did. So like, it's the NFL. We see crazy shit happen all the time. And I know that Dallas has a tendency to beat down bad teams. But now we're at a number where I, I just I don't think you're going to find a valuable position on Dallas personally. Yeah, I don't think so either. All right, let's move it along to Thursday night football. It is the San Francisco 49ers heading out onto the road. It's an NFC West matchup at the Seattle Seahawks. Number in the game is a heavily juiced six for San Fran. Minus six, minus 123 on the road. That's basically the equivalent of like a 6.75. So we're like in between six and a half and seven. The total in the game, 43 and a half, slightly juiced to the under. Uh, Geno Smith got hurt today, came back into the game, led them down the field. Like, you want to talk about a derp fest today. Like watching the final two minutes of that game, I, I almost had a seizure. Watching the Rams play for a field goal inside the 10-yard line. And then this clock management by the, the Seahawks, like they they, they complete the, the pass to DK Metcalf over the middle of the field. There's 20 seconds left and they run up and run like another running play and then spike the ball. It's like, dude, you're going you're gonna to settle for a 55-yard field goal. Like this is what you want? Throw the ball one more time. Yet another play. Throw the ball. Like, I, I, I don't get these teams. I, I think of all games this season, for a game that I had no action on at all either, I don't think I was ever more tilted than the last two minutes of this game. It was really, really, really bad. Like, I don't understand how these coaches have jobs. Like, with the clock management. Like, just hire somebody to do clock management specifically because it's really, really horrible. Matt it's Ryan just like Mc, McVay is like McVay is a good coach, but he's a cuck. Like he he <laughs> has cuck tendencies. You know what I'm, you know what I'm you know what I'm talking about when I say cuck tendencies. It's like he just gets into these situations where like it's all of a sudden like 
limp dick. What like what are we doing? Like playing for the most conservative possible outcome. Dude, score well, a touchdown. You're in the red zone. Throw the ball into the in, into the end zone and score. Like everyone in the world saw that Seattle was going to go back down the field and have a field goal attempt. Everyone knew that was going to happen. I don't understand. I don't get it. And they're lucky they got away with it. They did. This is, you know, we get to this week now, Clive. First of all, I have to point out, San Francisco has dominated these matchups with Seattle. I'm very much aware of the domination that they had last year. I think there was like a 41 to 20 game. There was a 27-7, I remember a few years ago. This has been a dominant matchup. But now we're, again, we've adjusted quite a bit here to where we're at. I mean, I would also say that the Rams probably left at least 10 points on the board today, too. Um, Seattle heavily, heavily penalized. A little, probably a little ridiculous. Some of the calls, too, that I saw. Dude, dude, the amount of penalties in that game? Yeah. They had 12 penalties for 130 yards. It was was insane. I I mean, like, San Francisco against this defense, 28-plus does not seem, like, really out of the range of possibilities at all to me. I hear. I mean, I'm in the. Um, I mean, I like Seattle's defense this year too. For the like, for compared to what I thought they were last year, like coming into the season, I think they've been middling. Um, yeah. So, Tony asks, "Is Gino going to start next week?" We don't know for sure yet, but he came back into the game wearing a, a sleeve, so I'd say the likelihood is very high. Um, here's a problem I have: like, I don't like betting against the elite teams. I don't like doing that, generally speaking. I think San Fran is way better than Seattle. But San Fran has had situations where, like, they're six-and-a-half-point favorite. They go out on the road at Minnesota, Monday night football. Offense doesn't look good. They lose outright. Is Seattle's defense going to do that? I don't know. Seattle, like, they don't generate a lot of pressure, but they have a good secondary. Clint Hurt has done a good job with that defense overall. It feels a little bit, a little bit big. And you know, what is the number of Geno's ruled out? Well, Geno's better than Drew Locke. But Drew Locke gives you like the YOLO potent, the full YOLO experience. The the variance goes from, from this with Geno to like this with Drew Locke. Nikki says, I was gonna say seven and a half to eight if it's if it's Locke. Yeah. If it's lock, I wait till the last minute and I bet Seattle because no one's going to give him any chance of moving it against this defense at all. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Hufanga got banged up today. I believe it's, he tore his ACL or they believe he tore his ACL. So that's a big injury to the secondary for the 49ers as well. I don't know. Like I, what, what, what do I make? What do I think this game was going to be? I don't know. Not not bordering on seven. I did not expect to see that. 
five and a half, no, the maybe six. I, I did not expect to see this, the number where it is now. Like I, I can only, may, maybe I'm underrating this version of the 49ers, but I can only see Seattle money in this game. And maybe it happens last minute because I, I do think that there's, there's going to be like a, you know, anyone who wants to bet this immediately, like more of a casual, so a lot of it's reactionary, right? To what they saw recently. So like more of the casuals are just going to want to bet San Fran and maybe the early money takes it out to a seven and you, you get some buyback, but I, I, I don't know, man, I would, I would be surprised. Whereas uh, Scott, you track all this stuff in the chat. I'll just go on record. I'll say, I'll be surprised if San Fran closes a full touchdown in this game. Wait, if Gino plays. Yes. Yeah. I think I would have made this five and a half or like minus six even coming into this week. That's yep. probably about where I would have been. Um, This feels like a, a Gino might not play number. Sometimes we do see that like an in-betweener, I'll call it. I don't know. I'm just, yeah, I'm just surprised. It seems like, you know, Pinnacle and other books have been a little hesitant to post a number if there was that much uncertainty. Yeah. Um, he finished the game. He finished the game. Yeah. And he led them downfield on that drive with good, like good arm strength, made good throws. So to me, it's, to me, I think he's in. God. I mean, listen, it could be worse. It's not like we're betting the, you know, the Giants against the 49ers. Seahawks are six and four team. They could easily have been seven and three after today. All right. So RJ says that they they think Gino might not play. Now that then we're in a different store. Then we're in a different category because I'm less reluctant to back Drew Locke at this number. He just makes too many mistakes. Too he many does. mistakes. And success rate wise over his career, he's like four percentage points worse than Gino has been as well. All right, let's move on to the Friday game. Black Friday, NFL football. Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets. Dolphins laying seven and a half on the road. Presumably, I haven't seen Robert Sala address the media yet, but presumably he's going to come out and say, wasn't Zach Wilson's fault. Zach Wilson will be the starter next game. You know, wash, rinse, repeat the same garbage cycle that they've they've been running. Uh, Dolphins minus seven and a half total in the game is forty two. Uh, I don't really know what like honestly, aside from uh, Devon A chain getting hurt again, coming back with what doesn't appear to be like a serious knee injury. I don't really know what to make of the Miami game today. Other than that, like, I, I, what I found interesting was that. When a team limited the explosive plays against them, they struggled. There were some turnovers that happened. They still got one explosive play out of Tyreek Hill. But to me, the Jets suffered another bad injury with Mekhi Becton. Looks like a high ankle sprain. The offensive line is in shambles. This team cannot score. I, I think that there might be some like value on the Jets. They've won in these types of spots before. Similar situation. Home dog against the Eagles by a touchdown. They win outright. 
on the backs of forcing four turnovers. But I don't know, man. The Jets are like, they're kind of like in the Panthers category for me right now, where they just feel untouchable. Like you're betting them relying on their defense to limit the other team to like a max of 20 points, basically. Yeah, this, uh, I know we've talked about, hey, what did we get right this week? I, I feel like saying Zach Wilson was going to suck is really just too easy. So, like, how do you even, like, that's a hard one to take credit for. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he gets a quick hook next week, if he even starts on Friday. Yep. I, I know people are saying some things in the chat. Um, I mean, the Jets defense is not horrible. It Jets defense is really good. The Jets offense puts their defense in such difficult situations and scenarios consistently. I I, I can't I, I don't know what number I would need to have interest in the Jets right now. They're like on the I can't bet. Yeah. Page. Yeah, like I think the market is pretty consistently overrating the Jets, honestly. Um I was kind of guilty of that last, I bet them last week. So, I mean, I was definitely guilty of that. And that was to me, the spot where like, okay, they, they struggled to move the ball. You can't move it on the Raiders anymore. Then see you later. But like the last four games since the bye week, the Jets have played the Giants, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Bills. Those are four teams that are like bottom 10 efficiency defenses in the league. And they've scored two offensive touchdowns. And one of them was because they ran a fake punt today. Fake punt, yeah. You know, like it, it, it is, it isn't an inflated number relative to what, like, if this game was played today, and we didn't see Zach Wilson stink it up. Forget about the Miami game. People are not even going to, you know, give any consideration to the fact that they played a close game. This is just fixation on the Jets getting smoked. But if this game was played today, it's not seven and a half. It's maybe seven. But it's not through seven. At least I don't believe so. You can disagree with me. Uh, it's probably seven on the number. I think it's seven like, on the number. I think they, you know, probably downgraded him a half a point. For those of uh, for those of you in the chat that are regularly looking at the look aheads on this game, what was the what was the look ahead on this game? Because. Uh, you are you are going to be quote unquote paying a premium to bet Miami, but you add in the Beckton injury, another offensive lineman lost. It's tough, man. The Jets are deplorable. Yeah, so we're seeing some sixes and sixes and a halves on the look ahead. So it is a it is a substantial move. It's just like, is yeah. it warranted? Well, Miami didn't do anything to say that it was warranted, but the Jets keep giving me more and more info on a weekly basis that says that their offense is incompetent, incompetent, cannot do anything offensively. How many bad defenses in a row do they have to face before we're like, this team is just not going to score. They can't score. They had a 28% success rate today, offensively, 28%. You know what the, the Steelers had today? 35%. The Panthers, 36 the Browns, 37. These teams couldn't move the ball, and they still made the Jets' offense look that bad. So what number would you have interest in the over? Like, 
to because with the defense being um, defense being good and their offense being as absolutely bad as it is, where would you start to be like? What's an auto bet on and over for you in this game? And keep in mind the Jets Bills closed at thirty nine today. Yeah, 39, so it's not, I, 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 so the the difference between the Jets and the Bills, or sorry, excuse me, the Dolphins and the Bills is the Bills have gone to like this. Um, it's not really like a dink and dunk, but it's a protect the ball offense. Whereas Miami's going to take way more chances. Like Miami will throw downfield. I the memo was sent to Josh Allen this week, and it was very clear: <laughs> do not yeah. make any mistakes. What, if you got a punt, who cares? If we got to settle for a field goal, who cares? But that was the memo. Success rate high, EPA, not even success rate high today. It wasn't. But Miami will take more chances. So it's got to be a higher total than that. And if there's no weather, I'd say if anything south of 41, I would auto bet the over. 40 and a half, I would bet the over. Miami still has a very explosive offense. Oh, of I know course. the Jets' yeah. defense is good. But if we get into a game state where, you know, Miami has to throw it a bunch. Uh, sorry, the Jets have to throw it a bunch. That leads to chaos, too. That leads to defensive touchdowns. You know, all that. So that that would be my 40 and a half I'd auto bet over. Okay. Um, I didn't see an update on Jalen Ramsey, but it seemed to me that he got the win knocked out of him. Yeah, on the interception in the end zone. Yeah, it seemed I like more heard of like a. Since. Yeah, neither have I. Neither have I. All right, we'll keep it going to the weekend here, Clive. And no, I mean all the teams are out of the bye, so we got a ton to cover, ton to go over here. Uh, I'm looking forward to this matchup. It's an AFC South matchup. A lot of playoff implications on the line here. Jacksonville Jaguars steamrolled. The Titans today. They take on the Houston Texans, who probably got away with one. CJ Stroud, not the greatest game, three interceptions. I love this post game comments where he's basically like, I'm going to, I'm still going to YOLO going forwards. He's like, I'm just going to throw, I'm still throwing down fields, whatever. I love that. Um, early market in the game is uh, Houston minus one plus 106. So it's, it's actually very close. I mean, this should be flipped, right? Uh, click that see more button really quickly there, Zach. But this should be the equivalent of Jacksonville minus one. Yeah, Jacksonville minus one and the total 46 and a half. So basically pick the winner, total of 46 and a half. Um, I'm going to mention this without having like done a lot of research on this. But just because I remember the game earlier this year where Houston won on the road at Jacksonville. And a lot of people were coming in in the stream, Pizza Buffet on Sunday morning, saying, Houston owns these guys. Go back years, Houston always wins these games. So there's something to that as well. I don't know that there's like a stylistic matchup that I love in this game. The Jacksonville offense still is very... It's still... I know they had a very efficient game today but it still leaves a lot to be desired for me. So I didn't get to see a ton of that game, Jacksonville Titans. It wasn't on a bunch. Um, but it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of downfield threat at all from Jacksonville. Like, it's not dink and dunk, but it's – you just 
don't really fear the big play from them right now. Houston's the opposite. Um, and now we see, I think, like, the total actually looks like it's moving in some books. Are we getting under money or over money right now? Over money. Over money? Yeah, moving towards 46 and a half, 47. That's Which doesn't surprise me. Is That's where my instinct was, but um, not much higher than 47, but I thought it was a touch light. I have noticed maybe the same thing that everyone else has noticed here so far this year, which is Houston gets a lot of professional money on a weekly basis. We came on every last week. week we, yeah, every week. Houston, Houston gets bet at high limits every week. So if I'm if I'm going to play against Houston, I probably want to do it at post. Or, I mean, you can look at it conversely the other way. If you're someone who just wants to obtain good numbers early in the week, I think the likelihood that we move towards Houston favored here, based off of what we've seen the market do in past weeks, is high. I kind of want to bet Jacksonville in this game. I know it's not the best spot because Houston didn't look great today. Jacksonville did look great. But Jacksonville actually has a defense and Houston doesn't. No, this game feels like it could definitely be a shootout. I mean, what what did the game end last, last 17-37? Is that right? Yeah, 37-17. Yeah. It, but listen, uh, there was some bullshit in that game. There was a, a, a kick return for a touchdown. Like every... Yeah, looking at yardage. And, and honestly, to me, I think the path to an over in this game is one team does get out ahead by a lot. But if, if this game is close, I think it lends itself to an under. Because Jacksonville is very methodical in how they move downfield. They got Zay Jones back this week. That's going to help their, their passing game overall. Calvin Ridley played well. Someone else pointed that out in the chat. But they will pick you apart a little bit at a time. And I don't know how much of that was because Trevor Lawrence is wearing the knee brace. They had him doing a lot of three-step drops. But they have a lot of long, methodical drives. I'll make a prediction here. And I'll say that we're going to see... I know the early money is going up on this total. I'm going to say we see some late money on the under in this game. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's nuts. It, it's like you mentioned, like it's going to be so important to what the game state is going to be. Um, Jacksonville is not throwing the ball deep downfield, um, but Stroud is still going to YOLO. This is the first week that I've seen Stroud make some really, really questionable decisions in the red zone. Um, yeah. It, it should have been a lot more been, points this week. You know, the people who are knocking Stroud, they look at his success rate and they're like, ah, oh, it's like league average success rate. It's because he throws downfield a lot. That's the thing. Like Houston is a pure over team, in my opinion, whereas Jacksonville's more of an under team. Now, the mm -hmm. Jacksonville game went over today. You get into these, like I said, these game states where, you know, will they, will, they ran a trick play, Tennessee, like uh, that it was like a flea flicker or something. That was DeAndre Hopkins touchdown or whatever. But yeah, Tyson Campbell would be a big, you know, to get him back in the cornerback crew 
for the Jags would be big. I don't really know. I I just like what, what my thoughts on this game are. We've seen Texans take money every week. The likelihood that they take money has to be high. Right? I mean, it's it's been consistent with some teams. Buffalo is another one. We see Buffalo take money every week. The likelihood that they're going to take money is high. So that's just kind of how I think about this game as a whole. Do you want Houston? Bet them early. Do you want Jacksonville? Bet them late. Where where do you think the cap of this line goes? Meaning, like, can Four. this end up no. any more than Houston minus one, one and a half? Yeah, I, I I cannot see it. I honestly can't see it. Like, if we go week by week this year, when did we figure out that Houston was like really good? Maybe, or not really good, but let's let, if I look at Houston's schedule. You know, at, at early in the year, Stroud's playing well. People are like, ah, let's give it some time. He's a rookie. There's going to be more tape. Probably by the bye week in week seven, we were like, okay, Houston, they could they could maybe cause some damage here, make the playoffs. They come out of the bye week. They lose to Carolina in a game that I, I'm still not sure how that, that ever happened. But yeah. we have a, in the, like, let's say the last four weeks, if we were to just look at the, the way the market has priced these teams, this is pure, these are like unpredictable market power ratings for the last four weeks and give Houston home field. In week seven or week eight, Jacksonville would have been priced as a two and a half point favorite in this game. Following week, two point favorite. Following week, 2.4. This week, 1.1. Jacksonville's price is a, a small favorite every single time. So it cannot go like Houston minus two and a half, minus three. That can't happen. Like that would be an insane move. Yeah. In my opinion. I think at best, Houston maybe minus 115, I, which I don't know if is necessarily right either. Um, yeah, that's, that's it's too big of a jump. I have to look into this a little bit more to see fundamentally why Trevor Lawrence has had problems with this defense as well. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but maybe there's something with his specific splits against this type of defense that has been a challenge. Anyways, let's keep it moving here. The Indianapolis Colts are coming off a bye week. This is an intra-conference matchup with the Colts and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Early line at Pinnacle, Colts minus one and a half at home, minus 114. Total 42 and a half, juice slightly to the over. Um, the Colts kind of limped into the bye week and started to struggle offensively a lot. The New England game, the Carolina game, the Saints game. It's almost like there's just more tape on what this offense is doing and it's challenging um also going into the bye week their center ryan kelly suffered another concussion it's his second of the year i don't know what that's going to mean for his status going forwards but i do like i do take note of when someone suffered multiple concussions in a year because it tends to um 
you know, they have a longer recovery time. Tampa Bay today, I mentioned it, but they, I don't, or did I mention it? I don't think we talked about this game. Uh, they had several injuries on defense. Levante David, Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis all left the game. And my thoughts, Clive, typically when I see stuff like that, multiple defensive injuries in one game early in the week over money. That's my first thought of how people will bet the game over 42. Now, the Shane Steichen overs were like a big thing earlier in the year, and they've kind of leveled off a little bit here in recent weeks. But maybe with the buy to prepare, Colts are going to be close to full health. That's my initial thoughts on, on the early market for this game. So, I mean, Colts minus one and a half feels about right to me. Um, you know, probably these two teams are relatively neutral, even on a neutral. So that's kind of fine. Um, interesting on the over. I mean, I could see it. Uh, do, your, do your early numbers like under? Is that why you're conflicted? No, um, it's more of just the way that I've – it's more eye test of the Colts and the Bucks, the way that they've been playing the last few weeks as opposed to what my numbers are. So I'm just trying to think through, you know, the path to the over. The, no, the number feels right to at 42.5. So every now and then we have like – I think everyone has some teams that their model – that they feel they're going to either overrate their model overrates or underrates. Let's put it that way. For me, I feel like my model underrates Tampa Bay. And when I do watch them, I'm typically more impressed with them offensively than I think I give them credit for. I don't know why that is necessarily. Maybe some of it is, is, is a little bit too much garbage time for sure. You know, I'm not saying that they're a great offense by any means. They had a 78.6% series conversion rate today. That was the same as the 49ers. So they're picking up first downs on drives. They're not just going three and out. They had a 51% success rate as a whole against the 49ers defense today. Solid. Yards per play, not great. Red zone, not great. Fourth downs, one of three, not great. But there's like Tampa seems way more lively to me than a lot of these other shit teams in the league. So I, I think what it is, is they move the ball down the field a little bit more, but their red zone offense is really, really terrible. Um, yep. I think Baker Mayfield's been decent to maybe a little bit better than that on, on third down and just, you know, moving the sticks a little bit, but they don't seem to put the ball in the, in the end zone. And that seems to be the consistent thing all year. And I haven't seen a change and I haven't seen any, um, no reason to believe any, any differently going forward. But now the Colts are one of the worst defenses in football. So is this where that kind of changes? Yeah. I, I think, I think that like this number is just fine. I, I mean, I, yeah. I think if you all year long, Tampa and Indy have kind of been lumped into the same category, right? So you give the Colts whatever your one and a half for a buy. Some people might give them, uh, excuse me, for home home field. Some people might give them more for the buy, whatever, however you want to account for that. But like, it just feels fine 
unless unless somebody finds some sort of stylistic matchup here that is conducive to one of the two quarterbacks really struggling, like Baker struggles under pressure. That's been the MO for his entire life. Do the Colts generate pressure? No, they don't. Not really. So nothing there for me. Minshew has some drastic man zone splits. I don't know. Can Is Tampa going to play the defense that they want to play if they have three starters injured? That's a tough one for me. I mean, subjectively, it just feels like a, a fine. Yeah. It feels like the line is fine. I think if anything, I, I might like Tampa in this game for, for a side, um, but the total's not jumping out of me. Okay. Keep it moving. I'm sure a lot of people will be interested in this one. Thank God we can bet the games, people. My fellow nails. Thank God we can bet these games. Uh, New England Patriots off the bye week after that disaster of a London game where Mac Jones got benched for Bailey Zappi. Um, they hit the road to take on the New York football giants. Early market in this game. Patriots minus three and a half plus 106. That is basically like an in-between a minus three and a minus three and a half number. Minus three will be pretty heavily juiced. Yes, it is minus 118. And the total in the game, a 34, which we're now accustomed to these ridiculously low, stupid total numbers. Can I tell you I teased the total today, Clive? No, was it the, can I guess? Did you do a three-team 10-point teaser or three-leg? I did a, a four-team 13-point teaser. Oh, okay. So you took San Francisco, Miami. I don't remember the teams. The teaser won. I don't remember the teams that won. And honestly, I, I don't know that I did take Miami. Uh, I don't think I did take Miami. Um, the total I took was over 20 in Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And my God, was that a sweat. That's a sweat. That was a sweat. Over 20. Ah, love that teaser. Anyways, total here is 34. Uh, a bunch to talk about here. First and foremost, the Patriots, Mac Jones. I don't know. If you know, put it in the chat. I suspect they're going back to Mac Jones. Trent Brown, their left tackle, was injured prior to the bye week. Devontae Parker was out with a concussion. Matthew Judon is eligible to come off of IR for them. JC Jackson got benched. Didn't make the trip to London. There's a lot of upside for New England coming out of the bye, in my opinion. I don't like New England, but I sure as hell don't like the Giants. And if I'm going to be able to get three in this game, Clive, I might bet the Patriots. Like that minus three, minus 118 has my name written all over it, man. All over it. This feels like way too much of an adjustment after this week's Washington game. On, I mean, on, we were talking seriously. We were talking about the Giants people that how the narrative changes, right? The Giants have given up on the season, the historically the worst team, whatever. And now, I mean, if New England and the Giants played today, this spreading wasn't going to be a three point two five. I'll tell you that. 
as no. bad as New England is, it's still good, it was going to be higher than that. It was five or five and a half, depending on where you were looking. This is a big adjustment for no good reason. I just don't know that I have the heart to do this again. <laughs> do I have the heart to do this again? Yeah, this 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 is Belichick's time or his chance to bring back the defensive guru narrative. But this is this is it, right? It's like the rookie quarterback deer in the headlights game. Remember Sam Darnold was seeing ghosts? How many people over the years have been seeing ghosts against the Belichick defense? And it's still, I mean, DeVito, what, he's nine sacks? He's still got sacked nine times today. That's what I'm saying. This, oh, is, this, is, by, this is by the, the commanders who traded away their pass rushers at the deadline. I, I mean... Yeah. This is going to go, this should probably go to four to four and a half. Like I would be, I don't, I, I just can't get there. Like I can't get to the giants at only three and a half. And if you somehow you get to the Patriots three, I think you have to take it. Yeah. I can picture us starting next week's show. And I'm like, well, what a moron I was for betting the Patriots. This is my first feel on this game. That that London game where the Patriots lost to the Colts, they did outgain the Colts pretty badly in that game. It was the two turnovers that did them in. But yeah, I don't know. Flat three at circa. Oof. I'm shivering just thinking about it. What about a total of 34? I guess. I mean. I guess. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. I, I, I said London game a million times. You're right. It was a Germany game. I'll give Germany the respect it deserves. It was a Frankfurt game. My apologies to Suma if I offended you in any way for forgetting that it was a Germany game. Let's keep it moving here, Clive. From one shit show to another. Carolina Panthers take the Bryce Young Circus out on the road. Take on the Tennessee Titans. Current market at Pinnacle. Titans minus four plus 103. Basically like a 3.75 type of number. Total in the game is 37. Are these guys, are these jokers going to start Will Levis again next week? Like Tannehill's back, right? I Did Tannehill dress today? Yes, he did. Tannehill dressed today. That's the back. Like the um, Will Levis thing, I guess maybe at this point you just see what you got for the rest of the year, but he stinks. I'm I I cannot believe I fell for the Will Levis hype after that one Thursday nighter against the Steelers. I think the move is you just you let him play and see if he develops. Um, like I said, I didn't get a ton of of Jacksonville Tennessee video today, but I mean it it seems like not much different than last week. So like pumpkin. <laughs> there was some injuries. Uh, oh, the, the, the right tackle for Tennessee, Chris Hubbard got hurt. He left with an elbow injury. That's big. They already don't have a good O-line. They lose a right tackle. That's big. Carolina might get JC Horn back in the secondary. Uh, why start Tannehill? They have no shot. I probably agree. But if Tannehill was to start this game, 
I'll tell you, I could not click Tennessee fast enough against Bryce Young. I think that's fair. Bryce Young is, maybe it's not all his fault. It's a bad situation. Reich's an idiot. There's no weapons there. O-line's not good. They've had four games since the bye week where they have not been able to average four yards per play. Colts defense, Texans defense, Bears defense. You can give them a reprieve for the Cowboys. That was never going to end well for Bryce Young today. You can give them a reprieve for taking whatever it was, seven sacks, I think it was today. But they can't move the ball. They can't. Period. On anyone. It's not going to happen. Tennessee's defense sucks. I get it. They give up a ton. They're a pass funnel defense. They're terrible. I get it. The likelihood that Bryce Young is going to move the ball in this game is still very low. Who wants to bet Carolina? I mean, maybe it's just get, these are the two bad teams. Give me the points type of game. They are terrible. Look, there's a lot of bad teams in the NFL right now. Um, for all of you, if you don't use unpredictable at all, just to kind of look at market ratings, there are, and this includes Cleveland and Seattle being just under like a, a neutral, like an average zero. There's 11 teams above zero, and the Saints are point zero point two from a market perspective. Yeah, that means 10 teams are better than a, a, a league average median of zero. It's just what we're dealing with. It's, it's I, 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 I mean, it's it's ugly. It's ugly. I mean, the, the Panthers. You can give them a pass for like the road loss. They they got blown out on the road to. Miami and Detroit and Seattle. And you can give them a pass for those games because those are good teams, harsh environments to go to. They lost by just a field goal to the Bears, the Bajent game. So maybe that's maybe that's the comp that people might use. Because that game closed like three and a half, right? And this number is higher. This number is higher. So may, maybe there is an appetite for Carolina just purely based off of like, well, they were three and a half to the Bears. How are they going to be more than that to the Titans? The Titans are going downhill. But I I, I just only, do not want to bet Carolina ever, ever in my life. I think I've bet Carolina once this year. I don't have my my sheet up in front of me. The only game that I remember betting them is against Houston, where I feel like I kind of got away with one. So, um, oh, I, I, I bet them. That was in my top five biggest bets of the year. Yeah, I got negative CLV on the game. Did not deserve to. I still don't know how they won that game. I think that was the only time I played them this year. Um, but it's it's kind of it's it's rough. Um, and a, a different book just moved to Tennessee three and a half. So yeah. somebody liked Carolina at four. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I get it. I understand yeah. it. It's just not going to be me. Yeah. It ain't going to be no, my money. Same. I'm going to wait. On Tennessee, I think if you like Tennessee, I think probably wait and you might be able to get a juiced three. Yeah. All right, we'll keep it moving. I'm actually surprised we got a line here, but we do have a line here. 
Um, AFC North, Pittsburgh Steelers, who uh, the voodoo the voodoo magic ran out today for them. I thought they were going to do it again, man. I had a big bet on Cleveland money line. I was in pain in that fourth quarter. But Pittsburgh goes on the road to Cincinnati. Cincinnati starting, in all likelihood, Jake Browning in this game. Steelers are one-point favorites on the road. Total is 34 and a half. Um, I think a lot of people are going to compare this game to the same to the Steelers game from today. They're going to compare the situation. Backup quarterback, they got to go out on the road. Steelers aren't very good. The difference is that the Browns defense kept Elite. them in the game. Elite, yeah. Like the Bengals defense is not that. It's not. No, I mean, I I don't know if you're making the case that like to keep this at the same total number like you're making the case that the offset between the Browns and the Bengals offense, I guess like that's, that's the trade-off if we're still getting to 34 and a half, because today closed at 34, 34 and a half, depending on where you were looking, I guess. Um, I, I, I don't have any interest in taking the Bengals at plus one, evenish money at all. I I feel like I got a very good number on Cleveland today. I feel like I got away with it. You know, I, I got good closing line value. I can't complain, but it feels like I bet a coin flip at minus 112 or whatever my average price was, and I got away with it. That's personally how I feel. There are going to be plenty of times to fade the Steelers. They might even make the playoffs. There's going to be times. Is this the one I want to do? I don't think so. I really don't. Agreed. Especially if the Bengals are not going to get help. I mean, T. Higgins, maybe he's back. Sam Hubbard, possibly. Cam Taylor Britt got hurt last game. I don't know what that looks like for them. But the one thing about today's game is that the Browns defense won them the game. Kept them in the game throughout. They had the scripted drives where they went up early. And then they did nothing offensively the rest of the game. And I think it's a big ask to have young, shitty quarterbacks move the ball consistently on Pittsburgh. Yeah, agreed. I think it's it's way too much to ask. Um, I think this total might be a touch high, even at 34 and a half. Um, just a touch. Yeah. No, but I have no interest in the Bengals. My numbers will probably say to take Pittsburgh at minus one when I do any analysis, but I don't know right now. Yeah. Yeah. DTR threat of the run too. Browning doesn't really, I don't know a lot about Browning. I saw him play last week, but I mean, it can't be good. I mean, I, I shouldn't say it can't be good. We should think probabilistically and not in. It's not likely to be good. He's a 27-year-old quarterback that was un went undrafted out of Washington. And from when Joe Burrow got hurt on the stream on Thursday, pretty much everyone that we had on was like, Browning is, is trash. Now, I... Ah. Anyways. We'll keep like, it I feel like I need... 
scramble for some like preseason Browning numbers, like in his career, just to have any idea. It's just, it's actually just hilarious that we went like Bucks, Colts, Patriots, Giants, Panthers, Titans, Steelers, Bengals. And now let's just keep the shit train running with the New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, uh, I, early I market. Love, I love these guys not playing this week. Like just not having to deal with the Saints for the Falcons. Like that was such a highlight of my week. Honestly, I get so sick of like the Arthur Smith stuff every week as well. It it was very refreshing. Um, Atlanta Falcons are one point favorites in the early market here at home. The total in the game is 41 and a half. Um, Got to see the Derek Carr situation and whether or not this is a Jameis game. There's actually so much to, to account for in this game. First and foremost, Atlanta starting Desmond Ritter. That was made clear. Desmond Ritter starting the game for the Atlanta Falcons. Prior to the bye, the Saints lost Derek Carr. They lost Michael Thomas to a knee injury. They lost Marshawn Lattimore to an ankle injury. That was expected. That was labeled a multi-week injury. You know, Patrick says, I hate both of these teams. That yeah. I think that pretty much, unless you're a Saints or Falcons fan, I think that pretty much describes everyone. They should send all these games abroad. Yes, they should. <laughs> send them to Mexico. Let's put on a game in Mexico City this week. Saints and Falcons. Who says no? Um, we need relegation in this league. That's what we really need. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to accomplish it, but I, I think we need some some sort of relegation. I said earlier when we were doing Houston Jacksonville that people are always and and San Fran Seattle as well, uh, especially these divisional games. I'm pretty sure New Orleans owns Atlanta. Like that's going to be the thing that's talked about as well this week. Saints often win these games. I honestly just think the Saints are better than the Falcons, and maybe like the market might not agree with me on this one. But even if it's a car game or a Jameis game. I just want to fade the Falcons, man. Like that's just in my DNA right now. I just want to be able to consistently fade the Falcons. This feels like a a hashtag wrong team favored type of game. Yeah. Uh, Like it's just a slight. like, Like I said, even in the market ratings, like the Saints are just a little bit above, you know, a zero. It feels like this should be a pick Maybe the Saints minus one, like no more than that. But, it, you know, yeah. Connor, I prefer Jameis over Carr. Um, I don't know. Put in – you you just change your distribution of, of, of the outcome of events with Jameis. Like the tails just got a lot fatter. So Matthew says, like, I do too, and he's referring to wanting to fade the Falcons. The red zone woes for New Orleans are real, though. They're really not, though, anymore. There's been a fundamental change in the Saints offense, and that has been run Taysom Hill way more in the red zone, and it's been working. Like, their red zone numbers are going up every week. Yeah, and what I would do in any of those scenarios is once you get into, not once you get into plus territory, once you get into the red zone, Take Winston out and eliminate the dumb red zone interceptions that you're probably going to see from him and try and get Hill more involved. I think that's just what you can do. So if you coach well, 
I don't know that Dennis Allen's going to be the guy to figure that out. Um, that's the problem. So Jamil says over might be a look in this game if Jameis is starting plus defensive injuries. The problem is you know you're going to get like 60% runs from the Falcons. Slow as hell. You know, that that's that's the challenge with this. That's the challenge. Rit- Ritter's going to scramble for some first downs, probably going to fumble once or twice. Like, it's just going to be a mess. The, the Saints have the, the Saints have the better offense and the better defense. Yeah. I mean, if you look at uh, RBSDM, I mean, and you look at the tiers, I mean, they're clearly a tier above the Falcons. Like, um, like the, the Saints' offense this year has been slightly below league average. The Falcons' offense has been bad. The Saints' defense this year, depending what metric you use, but success rate-wise, they've been very good when adjusted for competition. EPA-wise, average. Atlanta, in that same boat, but they lost Grady Jarrett on the defensive line for the year, and it's kind of gone downhill for them since. Ah, God, man. Saints, I cannot believe this. I cannot believe that I want to bet the Saints. My first inclination is I want to bet the Saints. And then I think to myself, I am betting on Dennis Allen. Yeah. It's not a good scene. Like you're you're gonna hate yourself on Sunday. Like you're gonna that that's gonna be the most hate watched game of the day that you probably have if you bet the Saints. It, it's uh, it's like the classic anchor man. Like I immediately regret my decision type of moment, yeah. right? Milk was a bad choice. Like milk was milk was a bad choice. <laughs> oh man, what a movie! Uh, all right, let's keep it moving. Uh, the Rams, uh, NFC West matchup. They hit the road to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Rams are small favorites on the road, laying one and a half plus 105. Total in the game, 45 and a half. Is this um, a wrong team favored? I know somebody said that in the chat before. Is this wrong team favored? Dude, it's like with Cooper Cup dealing with an ankle injury too. Yeah. This doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I, I mean, if, if you're using like full season long metrics... Yeah, okay, like this makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, they got Kyler Murray starting a quarterback now. This isn't the Josh Dobbs days anymore. Like Arizona was what who said who used frisky in the chat? I love that word. Someone said frisky. Patrick. Cardinals have been very frisky. I I agree. That's exactly the word I was thinking of. They've been very frisky with Kyler. They could have won that game at Houston today. The Rams did not play well at all. Now, I mean, maybe are we downgrading the Rams too much? I know that th- this defense specifically has had success against Kyler Murray in the past. I know that that's happened, but that's like different personnel for the Rams. Like Raheem Morris might dial up the same game plan, but he doesn't have the same ponies on defense that he did before. It looks like this is already moving towards Arizona. It, it, these these games are tricky for me, generally speaking. And Arizona is going to be tricky for me to value going forwards. 
you know, when we talk about teams that have had consistency and longevity this year, where it, I, I can give you a relative idea of how I think the market will move on them. But we're dealing with like a, a relative unknown now in Arizona. It's just, I think that you now have two games. They beat Atlanta. They were close to beating Houston today. Definitely have to upgrade them going forwards. You have the Rams who frankly were like dead team walking for three quarters of the game today. Cooper Cup gets hurt. We have, you know, some metrics that show us that the offense is worse without him on the field. I think the cards got to take early money. I mean, I, I think so. Um, the Rams are not, like you said, dead team walking. They just looked awful. I, I don't want to overreact to the Cardinals being in the game to Houston because I think if you play that back, I don't know that uh, CD. Oh, I think we lost Clive there. I think we lost Clive. Couple, couple too many shit bets today. Few too many shit bets. There goes the Wi-Fi. Repo man's coming. First thing he's taking is the internet. Um. Okay, so I don't know. Stroud three ints make Zona look better than reality. So fair argument. Let's break it down a little bit further. From a pure box score perspective, Houston didn't have like, I mean, it's a good offensive output, 6.3 yards per play. I mean, if I want to look at one thing in this game, Cardinals went one for four down. That's lower than you would expect in the long run. Three for 10 on third down. Like basically their late down stuff was bad. Their early down stuff was good. Typically speaking, that's more repeatable. If a team is consistently performing well on early downs and struggling on late downs, that tends to gravitate towards the early downs over time. So yeah, I mean, there's the, the turnover margin is something to talk about for sure. But Arizona turned it over a couple of times themselves as well. Didn't, did they yeah. not? Yeah, it's two turnovers as well. So it's not like it's, you know massive discrepancy yeah it's, it's two really not good teams it's just is the is it about time that the market puts the rams where they probably belong yeah yep i don't know this is a very very challenging one for me honestly if i had to give a confidence level on where i think this will go i have no friggin clue First instinct, though, was Arizona's very live. Uh, yeah. The final game with a posted number. Is this, a, is this a Sunday night game? I think it's the Sunday night football game next week. Ravens head out on the road to SoFi Stadium to take on the Chargers. AFC battle. Ravens minus four. Total 46 and a half. Ravens got a little bit of extra rest in this one couple of key injuries Baltimore's first game without Mark Andrews which I think is a massive loss for that offense Chargers first game without Joey Bosa leaving with that foot injury um Ravens are great love the team first gut inclination Chargers 
going to play close games, give me the four. For sure. I I don't – this feels – I don't know if this is an over-adjustment. I don't know what the – if anybody in the chat knows what the look-ahead was here. Dude, you know, Clive, there there is not a single week this season where Baltimore would have been minus four at the Chargers. This is oh. – the, this is the absolute nut low right now for the Chargers. And that's not to say that they can't get blown out in this game. This is the lowest the Chargers stock has been the entire season. And there's injuries. There's a lot going on. But you still have a quality quarterback getting four. You, you do. And, and Andrews is a big part of what Lamar Jackson does. I think this is a it's it's a kind of a I think it's gonna be a problem. I I, I can't I, rate the Ravens completely as good as I did. I mean, even if it's only a half a point, it's still like your your absolute peak Ravens and you are absolute floor chargers and it, it just doesn't it's it's not sitting right. Yeah. Um I, I, there, there's certain play. I don't want to give away too much here, but I'll just say it anyways. If, if you watch Pizza Buffet this morning, you heard me talk about Dallas Goddard. Um, previously, as some people on streams asked me about the worth of certain players. I talked about how much I think George Kittle's worth to the 49ers offense. Mark Andrews, to me, is an extremely valuable player. I don't want to put like a point number on it uh, and say like, oh, he's worth one point or he's worth or whatever. But... I would like to see this offense operate without him. Isaiah likely is not the same as Mark Andrews. No. He's not. I'm sorry. I think there's a massive difference. And, and um, I don't see, like, I see the wide receiver, wide receivers comment to compensate. I, I mean, I know Beckham had a good game last week, but do they really have the wide receivers to compensate? Like, is this a really strong wide receiver room? Like, Flowers is okay. I mean, Beckham's okay, but they're not. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that's it. Like Zay Flowers is a rookie and he's their number one. Rashad Bateman's fine. Like Nelson Aguilar, fine. Like they have they have depth there, but I I I think their depth is all slightly replacement level or slightly above. I mean, Aguilar's not been a great wide receiver for them. Oh, I mean, he's he's not been a great wide receiver for the majority of his career. I exactly. I don't. I don't want to like. So we can we can say the Ravens are amazing or very good, which I think they are. And I think that there's value betting against them. And those can both be true. So I just want to put that out there. Like, I'm not here to be like, oh, Baltimore, they're overrated. I actually don't like really, Baltimore is really good. Efficiency-wise, really good. But, no yeah. boast as trouble. I get all this. Chargers run these bad. I mean, they're coming off a game last... I mean, it was the Lions game, right? The Lions scored on them a bunch, and guess what? They moved the ball at will. Now, Lions defense, Ravens defense, different things. But the Ravens have had a lot of things work in their favor schedule-wise defensively as well. I'm not going to get here, man. You're not going to convince me that this is... I don't know what, I don't know how the market is going to react to these injuries. I think this creates a... Um, this can go anywhere type of situation. But personally, I will be surprised if I run my numbers on this game this week and do not see value in Baltimore. 
What do you think of this total at 46 and a half? So without Bosa, I mean, obviously that's that's a, a nice help towards the over. Um, one one of the games like that I really game. liked this week was Bengals-Ravens over, like, and that moved to two and a half points or something like that. Um, uh, initial instinct is is telling me this. This actually feels okay. Yep. Prime time. Primetime game. I mean, it feels like an over to me. I'll tell you that. It feels, it feels like it like should an be an over. Um, but I don't I, – I'd have to run a little bit of numbers. I, I also thought um, – I did – full transparency, I didn't make a bet on it today, but I, I Green Bay Chargers was one of the games that I did like over. I think you had a small edge on the under today on Pizza Buffet of what you were thinking. Um, I don't know if you ended up making a play or not. Um, no, I did not. Um, there was the, there was some injury situations there that, that kept me off of it. So like, I see stuff like this, like, you know, Staley snipping at the reporters in the presser. It's not a good sign. And like, I, I like to fade a lot of these narratives. Like, I don't, it's the same as the bills. Oh, the bills are a dead team. You know, Ken, Ken Dorsey's like a scapegoat. You know, the giants are tanking. Like all this shit just turns out to be fluff noise. a lot of times. It's noise. Yeah. It's just noise. Yeah. Like pre pretending and that, sorry, there are very few situations where we actually really know what's going on and, and what like, you know, teams motivations are like, I think you said it today too. Like these guys are all playing for jobs, right? Like, coaches they want to win like their jobs are on the line consistently players they want to win like they they figure it out i mean other than you know the raiders playing maybe harder for pierce and mcdaniel lost the team i mean i don't know i don't i don't see that in, in the charters they've had like rare good defensive performances the cowboys game would be one the game at home to the cowboys which was i mean that was ways back now if we look at what week that was, that was week six. And Dallas was what? Like, somebody remind me the closing number in that game, but Dallas like minus one and a half on the road at the Chargers, minus two in that game. This was like a fine defensive performance overall. 20 to 17. Chargers offensively that game were a, a real challenge. Definitely. They kept the Cowboys running game in check. They did fine. I mean, there's just, there's just a lot of, again, it, I just think we've hit the absolute rock bottom on the Chargers. That doesn't mean that they can't go further. They are being priced at the worst number all year. I misspoke earlier, people. Um, if I run my numbers on Chargers Baltimore, I'll be surprised if I don't have value on the Chargers. That doesn't mean it's the right side. Baltimore is also like a a, a market team, I would say. They've gotten a lot of market interest. If we look at Baltimore's schedule, sharp side against Cincinnati. They had market interest in Cleveland. Got faded on game day, surprisingly. They were bet against Arizona. They were bet against Detroit. 
market interest there. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to be able to get to four with like a full four with the Ravens. I, I think this may be, this probably closes at three and a half. So I guess, if, I, I guess my point is if you like the chargers, I think I would bet them now. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. It just, I saw the number and it felt like too much. Um. All right. Give us some thoughts on Bill's Eagles. Will do. Look ahead was around three or three and a half, I think. All right. Obviously, a lot of this depends on tomorrow night's game. Buffalo has some serious injuries in the secondary. Guys are dropping like flies today. Teron Johnson, Dane Jackson, both had concussions. Taylor Rupp, the ambulance came out for him on the field. Probably a neck injury. That's going to be a pretty... Like what Buffalo did today is conducive to beating a shit offense that can't do anything. It was the the most conservative I've seen the Bills play in forever. The first drive of the game, there was a crossing route where Josh Allen was rolling out to his right. He had a wide open touchdown in the red zone. He opted not to throw it and take like a th- pick up two or three yards on the ground. This is the offense going forward. It's very clear. Limit the mistakes. That, to me, works really well against very bad football teams. It doesn't work really well when you got to match scores with other teams. I yeah, am... so that that's my question. Is, is that conservative nature literally trying to eliminate the downside versus the bad teams and do they open it back up against the team like Philly where you can't play this conservative like you have to put a point is that going to change and it'll be interesting to see I can't answer that for sure but my gut is that this is like the new look Buffalo offense where it's you know we can't lead the league in interceptions anymore Josh we can't do this we're giving away games That's what it feels like to me subjectively. Now, market-wise, it's interesting because someone pointed it out. Like the Eagles were minus one and a half, minus two, got out to two and a half at home against the Dolphins. Now we're at, if we're on the opposite side of three and a half, it's a little bit different. But I don't know. I I mean, here's what I'm hoping for. I'll be honest truth. Here's what I'm hoping for. I bet Kansas City. Monday Night Football, I'm hoping Kansas City wins and I hope they fucking route the Eagles and I can get a buy low on the Eagles next week. Because if this is going to be the state of the Bills defense, yeah, Zach Wilson can't expose that. The Eagles are going to go up and down the field on them. And then it's going to get back into, okay, Buffalo's got to open it up. That's going to lead to some mistakes. That's my personal first thoughts on the game. Yeah, total. What's the total looking like at some of these i would imagine like my number for a buffalo philly total would be like just over 47 47 and a half maybe okay these are the early numbers here so we got some 47 and a half some 48 and a half that's off market 47 and a half there we go i think that's fine yeah i think that's fine so that's, so that's an interesting thought. though point too, though, 
as the Bills game plan changes, you're going to be controlling the clock a little bit more too with that. So those not explosive plays, they're not going to completely come off the table, but if it becomes a little bit more of a ball control offense, yeah, something to think about. I have to see the Eagles tomorrow night before I can make judgment here. Like in a vacuum, sure. I mean, I'd love to get Buffalo generally getting points in a lot of spots, more than a field goal. I'd love that. But then you add in the injuries that they suffered today, you have to downgrade them in some capacity. And the style of offense that they played today, I'm not so sure it's conducive to beating teams like Philly, personally. So that's where I stand. That's where I stand. Monday night football, tomorrow night. Join me right here on Forward Progress. 8 p.m. Eastern time. Chiefs, Eagles, you know who I'll be rooting for. Right here, a variety of guests. As always, a lot of people that are in the chat tonight, come back tomorrow night. Check it out. Tomorrow afternoon, we got our weekly takeaways with G-Stack, with Suma, with Cleve TA. Make sure you check that out. 2 p.m. Eastern time. Appreciate everyone who tuned in. Hopefully you got some good early numbers or at least you got some valuable information. Feel better, Clive. People want you to feel better. For myself, Rob Pizzola, for Clive Bixby, for our producer today, Zach Phillips, behind the glass. I say behind the glass. I don't know why I always say that because I used to actually work in radio and there was someone behind the glass. He's not behind the glass. He's just at his home, behind his desk. But for him, for everyone at Forward Progress and for Pinnacle Sportsbook, make sure you check them out. This has been another edition of our Week 11 recap and look aheads to Week 12. Catch me back here tomorrow night. Everyone, enjoy your evening. Enjoy the rest of Sunday night football. We'll see everyone tomorrow.